I'm Mike Wazowski. That's the new intro. I'm Mike Wazowski. <laughs> no, I'm doubling down. I'll leave and we'll keep it that that should be the intro. <laughs> everybody to another episode of that pretentious book club uh-huh. my name is kendall uh-huh. call me spoons that's ash uh-huh. and you can call her wheezy because she has asthma and this is logan hi and logan doesn't have a pun nickname yet oh for the pod oh, we need to give hmm. these guests a nickname this is official pod logan and she <laughs> official pod logan pod logan, pod logan. <laughs> Yeah, you stopped giving the emphasis on their last part. Logan. <laughs> <laughs> and she's our special guest joining us. And we also have official pod Princess Leia, who is joining us remotely. Mm-hmm. Later in the episode. So. Yes. And uh, there are special guests for today. And I know both of them from college. Yeah. College. <laughs> college. Logan, yeah. we met, since you forgot, we met at playwriting. We met in playwriting. Playwriting one. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I took playwriting too, and that sucked. <laughs> I was not in it. I, yeah, I wasn't there, so I was bad. And then, yeah. So, yeah. We were in playwriting, and we started a playwriting like study group or something. Yeah, we kind of would just like meet outside of it sometimes, but I feel like you were there a lot. It was really a trick to get one very specific cute boy to hang out with some of us. Ooh. See, I wasn't even there when he was there ever. What? Yeah. What? No. We had the hottest boy ever in our playwriting. How scale of one to ten? How no. I was in the class, but I didn't like do a lot of outside the class. Oh well, he only came for like the first few kind of like workshoppy things that we did. Yeah. Yeah. Scale of one to ten, how cute? Oh my god. Oh, he was so cute. Like up in the maybe a ten. He was. (laughs) Yeah. He did walk me to class many times. Oh my god. What? We're gonna get married. Oh my god. This boy was like so unbelievably hot that like we were one time in the car with like a couple people outside of class and it was like a couple of us and uh, everybody in the car at the same time realized that they were in love with him except for one of our friends who is a lesbian. lesbian. She was like, is the only one who was a cute? Is he not? She was like, oh, he's cute. Amazing. All of us were like, wait. Do you think that so if this man were to listen to our podcast, he would know that this is about him? No. No, I don't think so either. Uh, well, that's probably a good thing. There were some other, like, I don't know, like no. interesting characters of the class. So, like, hmm. yeah, but nobody like him. You know? Yeah, but hey, the hottest boy. This is about you, hottest boy in class. This is about you. I hope All you know the guys who you are. are. It's me. <laughs> No, she liked him. He was so hot that like Logan and I, we, we would do this thing where we would write our plays, we'd bring them into class, and then we would get to like pick a scene for s- people to read aloud. Uh-huh. And Logan and I would both pick him we specifically him to play one of our characters in the playwriting class. Yeah, and he did feels it like too much power to the moon. Like he like committed to the characters. So oh my gosh! Before. And all the girls are like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him to play Billy the Kid in one of my. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, I don't know if this is okay. <laughs> this doesn't sound okay. This sounds like a casting couch sort of 
situation. He's fine. He's yeah. Great. No. I'm we're, not. I'm sure he's doing great. We were nothing but respectful to him, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure he's doing great. And, um, but anyway, here's the thing is I thought I had seen you around. You thought that I was old. I thought you were an upperclassman and I thought that you were way too cool to like talk to me. And so I was very like, Oh, I don't want to be weird around Logan because she's so cool. That is the funniest and thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I can't even fathom so funny. I, was I like, am so wildly arrogant. I would never have I would have like that. to show, I would like to tell the audience <laughs> of what I am wearing. I look like a goblin. I'm wearing giant overalls <laughs> and a men's t-shirt that I cropped. And I've been wearing this all day. I love that. I've so been much. wearing it in public. I'm wearing Birkenstocks. What's and wrong Kendall with Kendall thought I was cool. You st- you're you're so so stylish. Okay, at St. Ed's, that is cool, you know? Well, <laughs> I mean, me and, like, the, you know, environmental science bros are all dressed the exact same. Like, if you were to, like, hold up a picture of me and then, like, the environmental boys <laughs> be like, I don't know which one's That's Logan. So true. They did all dress like that, and they all lived in Teresa Hall with me. <laughs> but, that is so cute. But you, yeah, but then turns out, turns I mean, out Logan, I'm a big old nerd. He is, but he's also cool. I love cool. Kendall very much. Yeah, and now we all now love Kendall. It's possible not to. And yeah, I love you. Aww, and so anyway. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyways, yeah. I wanted to be Kendall's friend so bad and was not, I don't know. I was like, well, I'll just keep being nice to her. And then like Kendall would be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was so oh like, don't be a nerd, Kendall. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just here with my little plays. That was the funniest <laughs> class. I really did love that class. I did too. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we were, did other classes, I guess, together. Yeah. We really. didn't do Not Shakespeare together, but Kendall did let me use her Shakespeare textbook, which saved me like $200. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That thing was a brick, dude. My one arm, like my left arm that I would carry it in, like I cradle <laughs> it like a baby as I walked uh-huh. to school because it was too heavy and big to fit in my bag. And that uh-huh. one arm got very toned. Oh my god! It was like when I worked at the preschool in the infant room. I was so ripped, man. Oh my like gosh, just in my arms. You yeah. got like yeah, carrying the babies the everywhere. Arms, but also like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And more like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> like a very unflattering way. No, yeah. impossible. If you look at like a new mom's arms after a few months, though, they are always like so ripped mm-hmm. <laughs> in their upper arms. Oh, it's so funny. Rocked up. And then Princess Leia and I met also in. Well, she was an English major. Yeah, we're all in. Yeah, well, you're a double major, but then yeah, yeah, we were both English majors, so we had a couple of classes together Mm -hmm. and some literature classes. This is like the magical unicorn episode of three. I'm sorry, four English majors. There's not a lot of us. English majors. I also did graphic design, but oh, nice. So you did something you know you can use. Well, I I do. I do use both of them now for like my job. Nice. Yeah, lots of social media kids. So if you're listening, learn TikTok. No, for real, because and learn it now while it's easier for your brain. While your brain is still spry. Because learn mine, all of the new technology. Mine's not spry at all, and now I'm having to do it, and it is so hard. It is so hard. It makes you feel old. I feel so. I've always felt too old for my age, but like, I used it used to all kind of be a joke to me. I'd be like, oh, I don't understand technology, like as a joke. And mm-hmm. now I'm getting to the point where like, no, I legitimately don't understand it, and. It, it's really upsetting. It's kind of frightening. It's kind of terrifying, yeah. And you're like, now that I need it, I'm getting to the point where I don't, they keep changing it. 
don't understand it anymore. Like learning how to use TikTok, I tried and then initially gave up. I watched like tutorials. I sent you screenshots because I was like, <laughs> trying to like watch tutorials on YouTube about how to use TikTok, like in the most basic ways. And it just did not make any sense to me. <laughs> okay. The learning curve is easier now, kids. Just do it. Yep. Don't be obsessed with social media because life is more important than that. But like, just get a basic like skill for it now people will pay you to know how to do it yeah it's true anyways (laughs) what are you doing what are you doing now what are you doing now in your life oh right now i'm working on a book launch for an austin author well that's amazing actually i'll plug it right now um the book is called luz jimenez uh child of the flower song people by gloria amestoy and it is amazing it's in book people Um, oh my god is actually on sunday so i'm really excited okay book people this sunday yeah it's virtual um, oh but that's cool this won't come out until then but guys go check it out the Texas Book Festival in person, like fingers crossed. Hey guys, Texas Book Festival, Texas yeah. listeners, and also uh, if you are in the Austin area, you should go check out. Book I mean, it is a children's it. book, but it's like phenomenal. Like, yeah. You should, you well, should who doesn't love it. and collect children's books? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you have so like a really cool job where you well, do like stuff relevant to the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and look, she made me these. Earrings. I was gonna do jewelry say, and Etsy and stuff. I, I have many these. side hustles. Okay, so you need to send us some pictures and we'll post about oh, it. You guys, so, so um, if you guys want some new jewelry, I literally, when Kendall walked in, was like, these earrings, I need she these earrings. They're little, They're like little potion balls with like flower petals oh, in them. Nice. And they are just like so cute and they hang just right. Oh, so yeah, if you guys want some like cute AF jewelry, we're gonna, we're gonna plug Logan's <laughs> stuff too, because they're super cute. Yeah. That was so Is sweet it? and supportive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we try, we try not to be um, like really like rude to people. <laughs> Logan, get the hell off the podcast. Logan, get a real job. <laughs> no, we're Work like trying to make it in podcasting. Oh what like gosh. we could not. Yeah. The creative fields, man. It's Ugh. true. But none of us, okay, but here's what I have to say. None of us went into teaching, which is hysterical to me because every single time I told someone I was an English lit major, they'd be like, oh, so you're going to be a teacher? And I was like, what did I, what in my major said education? I did teach for eight months. There um, you go. And then I was like, that's enough of that. I know. (laughs) Well, I I taught um, youth theater briefly because I had a minor in theater. And then I, you know, worked at a preschool, quote unquote, teaching. Mm -hmm. But with infants, it's like teaching them how to, you know, eat food. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really education. Yeah. So technically, yes, I quote unquote taught for a little. I guess Mm -hmm. the theater stuff was kind of teaching, but. If one more person says English lit, so you want to be a teacher, I'm going to strangle them. (laughs) No, I think you're entitled to do that. Thank you. (laughs) I think so too. But I like, I think none of us are teachers and we all are English lit. None of us are current teachers. So Mm -hmm. take that every single person who asked me that in college. They're all like, wow, that's a lot of aggression to still hang on. All right, let it out. (laughs) Let it out. Well, where did you teach Logan? Tell everybody where you taught. Okay, so I I taught in the Czech Republic. I, what? I did get a Fulbright, and I did teach in the Czech Republic for a brief time, and then the pandemic happened, what? and now I'm here. So <laughs> that, was, that was some Disney princess level. Do it again. No, gorgeous. <laughs> Oh I get God. nervous sometimes I start singing. Can't put me on the spot. Yeah, I do it too. But <laughs> I also sing randomly, but it doesn't sound like that. That's our like Disney princess. We were also in choir in together. Oh, God. That's when we actually first met because oh we were in show choir together. I was 
you do know that I was bamboozled into that. Like, Jean was like, I'm in choir. And I was like, I love choir. And then I signed up. And then I dropped this other class I didn't want to do. And then if I had dropped that choir, I wouldn't have had enough credits to be a full-time student. So I was in there, like, by fours. And they were like, okay, time to learn choreography. And I was oh my like, God. what? And then, like, yes. This was the thing I voluntarily did every semester of college. I, I love you for I that. didn't miss a single semester. And, like, why? I don't know. But you have a beautiful I voice. I, however, was absolutely coerced. <laughs> I was not there for, for my own enjoyment. But it's so weird. I feel like we didn't talk at all. We did not. No. Because I didn't talk to anyone there. I was like, it was like I have to time. show up to my, like, mandated, like, court appearance. <laughs> show choir class. So funny. I had a horrible attitude. It was on me. Do you remember, like, what semester that was like what songs did we do cole porter it was all cole porter oh <laughs> yeah okay porter. but that was when we had the good turnout to the, okay sorry um to the <laughs> i think i had a solo spring show at the oh up at the in main building right yeah it was up yeah in main building. that was nice that was a good one i think maddie learned the accordion um no that was that was for the, the great year. comet yeah, yeah for the great comet maddie was in it Mm, she was in there yeah I remember her being there more but she was being like really like social and like making friends and I was like very curmudgeonly (laughs) (laughs) I think yeah that was very much just on me wow (laughs) (laughs) anyways um yeah I did teach in the Czech Republic for a little bit and I did teach English um but it was English as a as a foreign language mm-hmm. so it was a little different but yeah it was really fun mm-hmm. um but teaching for a Fulbright is not the same as teaching like in the U.S. because as a Fulbrighter you're supposed to be just like this like mm, you're supposed to be like look American culture I do what I want I say what I want I'm America and then you come here and they're like here's the curriculum only do this <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> that's great I'm gonna get fired <laughs> yeah yeah well, is there any, anything else we want to share about life as of lately? Uh, I'm I'm good, bro. <laughs> I'm good, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, well, then let's talk about uh, Charlotte Bronte. By the way, we're doing uh, Jane Eyre this episode, if we didn't <gasps> mention it. Jane Eyre. Yeah. <laughs> this was Jane my Eyre. first time reading it, and I don't have a great history with classics, and I thought this is going to be really grueling, especially when I saw how big the book was. And it was amazing. So mm-hmm. just saying, this book is super, in- don't be intimidated by the size of the book. However, if you get intimidated by classics, I do recommend listening to it on audiobook. It felt way more manageable that way. And I couldn't stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyways, uh, Jane Eyre, written by Charlotte Bronte, one of the famous Bronte sisters. We did Weathering Heights last season. Yeah. Which was by Emily. Emily. Yeah, Emily Bronte. Oh, hello, cat. My cats are all over the place. Um, So... Okay, this is going to be kind of on the fly author bio because I forgot to super put my notes together in advance. So Charlotte Bronte, I don't remember where she is in the lineup of sisters, but there's like four sisters. Yeah, there's like a Jane Bronte too, right? Yeah. Or... I don't think there's a Jane. There's but there's a bunch of here. That, there's a bunch of them. Um, looking I at my for sure knew that there were two, so I'm learning today. <laughs> Uh, so there, oh, Anne, Anne Bronte. Anne, yeah. I knew it was, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was one syllable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So their father, the, the Bronte sisters' father was uh, Reverend Patrick Bronte. He worked in the church, which is um, 
again interesting because didn't I say something about how um Jane Austen's father worked in the church in some capacity yeah. and her clergymen were also kind of insufferable yeah 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 so I mean that's interesting isn't that interesting it's interesting so Jane Eyre I mean in Jane Eyre the character Jane doesn't seem to like have any prejudice against clergymen but I mean like the primary clergy member is extremely difficult kind of so the worst. kind of the worst but I mean Jane didn't think he was the worst just all the readers think he's the worst so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so who knows um unfortunately their mother died in 1821 um see Charlotte and her three sisters I believe were sent to um a school in Lancashire so in this so this is what I just learned today which was interesting so um so some of the sisters, I believe two of them passed away, which was pretty sad. Yeah, oh. the older, oh yeah, they had, I forgot, they had two older sisters, Maria and Elizabeth, Elizabeth. so there were five of them, but they passed away from tuberculosis, uh, which I think is also what their mother died from. I could be wrong about that. But hey, can I'm I jump sure. in really quick? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, in my class learning that I guess one of the Bronte sisters, or maybe both, died like at school I think yes yeah yeah. and so it's kind of that Helen Burns connection like that Charlotte probably wrote it because of her so yeah two of her sisters passed away while they were at school and this school was not this was not a good school in fact what is it in the in Jane Eyre there's that horrible school that she goes to what's it called um Lowood Lowood yeah so um it was a very so the way that she wrote Lowood people think was a very like loosely thinly veiled um criticism of the school that her and her sisters were sent to so it was basically the same school and I think it even had a similar name or something so she was born uh in Thornton uh Yorkshire England on April 21st in 1816 making her a tourist oh yes that's so, interesting. Yeah, I could kind of see it though, because like my mom's a Taurus, and I feel like she actually has some very strong Jane Eyre um, attitude. I don't know. My mom's also a Taurus. Oh my god! That's weird. Interesting. <laughs> Taurus are like the best of people. Haley's a Taurus, and my grandma's a Taurus too. I feel like we say this every time there's a Taurus. Is every single time there's any, like, we talk about Zodiac, we're like, who do I know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and every Taurus is, like, the best person ever. So um, later in life, Charlotte Bronte um, married, and her name became Mrs. Arthur Bell Nichols. Her pseudonym was Kerr Bell. I say this just because it's the first thing that shows up on Britannica. By the way, I'm using Britannica. Britannica. Well, some of my other information came from poets.org. You found a .org and uh, Wikipedia. You can always trust a .org. And um, by the way, we have merch that says that now. If you, if you happen to think that that's funny. And uh, by the way, we have. <laughs> or if you're like, that's stupid. I don't want it. Okay. I think it's very funny. Thank you, Logan. Everyone should buy that. That's right. And that's right. I will also probably buy that. So. You heard it here. You want to match me. But we all want to match you. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want to give off the vibe of like too cool for underclassmen at your, uh, <laughs> and your playwriting class match logan's vibe you know that's all i'm saying yeah even though she was also in fact my age i was but i think i had also recently like bleached my hair and dyed it bright pink like that was around the same time and so then yeah. after that i had like had a crisis of self and cut it very very short oh no so <laughs> i cut my hair short in college not out of crisis just because i'd always my hair was like down to my butt before and i'd always oh wanted to know gosh. what it looked like short because i like mm-hmm. short curly hair i think it's cute yeah and it was but I'm still trying to make it grow back out from then. Yeah. Anyways. um, So 
uh, her, I think her first novel that she published was called The Professor. And I think it came out actually after her sisters had published, um, well, Anne did The Tenant of Wildfell Hall and uh, Emily did Wuthering Heights. And it's interesting because there's some like the same prominent characters in all of them. Like um, there's this one hysterical girl on uh, TikTok and I will have to share it this week who does, um, she does, if you guys are on TikTok, you've probably seen it somewhere. She does like this, like a uh, skits about like a really like bored Scottish tour guide. <laughs> this is what she's I most well known for. It. She's hilarious. She does one as, uh, as Anne Bronte. Like, yep. yeah. And it's, it's very funny. And she's <laughs> like, yes, there is a, like a, long-suffering governess or long-suffering like housemaid or something uh but it's not the same and like basically like points out like all these other stories and she's like but it's not the same no it's not, it's not the same. um so anyways super funny um let's see so um unlike her sister emily who never married um i believe charlotte bronte did get married although what i'm reading is she was engaged and then broke it off briefly um Let's see. Their upbringing, I didn't know this, was aided by an aunt, which is like another parallel in Jane Eyre, because Jane Eyre was also raised by an aunt, although she was horrible, and, and this doesn't really say anything about um, the Bronte sisters' aunt. Um, oh, here it is. The clergy daughter's school at Cohen Bridge near Kirby Lun Lunsdale, La Lancashire. That's the school they all attended. The fees were low, the food unattractive, and the discipline harsh, according to Britannica.com. So Ooh. that's nice. Um, so people think that uh, the way that she wrote Lowood was a condemnation of that school, which makes a lot of sense. My cats are just like, I don't know what like perfume Logan's wearing, but she came in and my cats were like, we it's love you. It's because I smell like my cat. <laughs> but like, <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> but other people have come in smelling like their animals and like my cats have been all over them. Like my weird skittish cat was like licking her foot. It was, was like, bizarre. Oh man. Yeah. Um, don't know what that was about. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, Charlotte Bronte wrote quite a few novels, it looks like, but um, of course published under a pen name. Um, not at all unlike other women of the time. Um, she went home to teach her sisters, um, and then she returned to this other school that she went to as a teacher, which was also another parallel to uh, Jane Eyre, who became a teacher at the school that she went to. Um, she wanted to support her family as an artist, but of course, um, that's difficult. She uh, fell into ill health and melancholia, which I believe we call depression now. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think. Um, in the summer of 1838 and terminated her engagement. I'm actually not sure who she was engaged to at the time, but terminated her engagement. Uh, and then later declined a proposal from a reverend, her friend's brother, and some months later, another engagement she rejected from yeah. another young clergyman. So she was um, very wanted. She knew yeah. a lot about insufferable clergymen, probably. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and yet she still, like, made her main character in this book, Jane Eyre, like, never, like, never, like, disliked him. And I'm just like, why? You should have. <laughs> yeah. He did everything in his power to be dislikable to you. I feel like I'm learning a lot, though. Oh, God. I didn't know a whole lot about the Brontes, except that they were, like, the darker, more emo version of, like, Jane Austen. So. <laughs> yeah. Have you read Wuthering Heights? I have, and I did like it very much at the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wuthering Heights is, like... I also really like the song by Kate Bush called Wuthering Heights. Um, I think everyone should stop what they're doing and listen to that, maybe. <laughs> but, oh. yeah. So in 1844, um, Charlotte actually attempted to start a school because she had like in like in like a parsonage because I guess this had been a this had been a plan of hers for a while, um, but her father's eyesight was failing and mm. she had to return home. So more parallels 
So I'm just basically Charlotte took a lot of yikes it is her dad though. Yeah. <laughs> Super yikes. And twice the age, which is probably what it was. I don't remember when her father oh, was born. Big time now I'm getting issues, alarmed. Babe. Probably yeah, big time daddy issues. Um it's unfortunate. Anyways, see, because in the book I was saying like I had really resolved like the power dynamic the way it was at the end. I felt like made it look there, but now I'm uncomfortable again. <laughs> so I don't know. We opened that wound again. <laughs> Um, in the autumn of 1845, Charlotte came across some of her sister Emily's poems, and basically then they decided to um, jointly publish um, some of their poems together. So, uh, under the pseudonyms uh, Cure, Alice, and Acton Bell, which were Charlotte, Emily, and Anne, their pseudonyms, <laughs> which I think is pretty cute, um, that they were all like, you know, like, let's do like this secret sister thing together. That's adorable. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of precious. Ah, Jane Eyre used to be called Jane Eyre in Autobiography. Which makes sense because yeah. it is is hundred percent. We get we meet her childhood and we get to live her whole life with her, which is why it is so long. Uh, Jane Eyre was published in eighteen forty seven in October and was immediately successful, even more so than her sister's books. Like I think Anne, her sister Anne's books were like the least successful. Actually, I think it might have only been that one book and was not as successful as her sister's. But I believe Jane Eyre is probably the most well known. After oh, yeah. Wuthering Heights mm-hmm. or before Wuthering Heights, they're kind of on par. They're almost like equally known. Yeah, on these days, I think it's. I think they're probably on par. Um, but at the time, this book was far more successful than her sister's. Poor Tenant of Wildfell Hall. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks like Emily and Anne also passed away before her, so um, that's kind of sad. Like all of her sisters have passed away. Um, she declined a third offer of marriage from James Taylor. <laughs> When did she get married? This is saying she has a married name. I seen five. Oh, here we go. So um, she finally got married to an Irishman, which we can all approve of. His name was Arthur. I don't know if we can approve of the man. I don't know anything about him, but we can approve of that he was Irish. Yeah, um, for her. For her, yeah. So um, her father's curate, Arthur Bell Nichols, uh, her fourth suitor. Apparently, it took some months to win her father's consent. So I'm like, ooh, what's that about? I don't know. But they were married on June 29th, 1854. Uh, They spent their honeymoon in Ireland. What a dream. And uh, yeah, basically, it says that uh, he really wasn't like interested in his wife's like intellectual pursuits, but uh, she felt very loved by him. And so they were, they had a happy marriage, basically. Wait, isn't that nice? (laughs) He's like, go ahead and do your stuff, babe. That feels strongly about it. You do. Yeah. I my husband does support my intellectual pursuits, but he doesn't listen to the podcast. Or like I make I like well no I made like a TikTok video that was like supposed to be funny, but I guess it's only funny if you're a writer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, babe, look at this, look at this, and he was like, uh huh, looks great. And I was like, oh, it's not funny to you because you're not a writer. This is a very it's not funny. To I didn't you. realize it's such an exclusive joke, but yeah. Anyways, um, so she began writing another book, also called Emma when she was pregnant but then her pregnancy was too hard um and was accompanied by apparently exhausting morning sickness and she passed away in 1855 so um yeah there's a there's charlotte bronte in a nutshell i love you my girl she was my girl. excellent i love all the bronte sisters but jane Eyre is definitely my favorite so far i do want to read the tenant of wildfell hall me too and then, then they can round all fight. it out yeah. and then they can all fight me but so far <laughs> So far, Jane Eyre is far superior to me, and I definitely prefer Mr. Rochester to Heathcliff. Oh my god, Heathcliff sucks ass. Heathcliff is insane. Yes. He's horrible. He, Ro- Mr. Rochester makes Heath 
like Heathcliff Mr. makes Rochester Mr. Rochester looks, look like a saint. You yeah, know? Yeah, totally Mr. Does. Rochester looks like hilarious and sweet and funny <laughs> and goofy and dorky yeah. and just like yeah, Heathcliff Angel is and currently abiding in the ninth Heathcliff. circle of the hate squad. <laughs> yeah, we don't like Heathcliff very much. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so um, now we're gonna go into the summary. Special guest number two, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm not physically sitting in the room with them. Uh, but my name is Princess Leia. I'm also a friend, but I'm coming from McAllen, Texas right now. Yay, Yay! she's zooming in. <laughs> and I asked Princess Leia to be on this episode. Well, we had talked about it before. We were in a literature class together in high school. In high school, no, in college. <laughs> in college. And uh, we had very strong opinions on this book, which is Jane Eyre. So we're doing Jane Eyre today. Yay. And so, yeah, I wanted to make sure she was here for that. Yeah. And Logan happened to be visiting this weekend and she has also read it. So she is also going to sit in. I did just finish it two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just finished it this morning. So you've got two days on <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So this is great. We're all here and we're all having a good time. Awesome. If things sound a little weirdly cut this episode, it's because it's a bit of a patchwork episode. Unfortunately, we can't all be here for the whole episode. So we're recording a little bit out of order today. So. Just in yeah, case everything. I'm not the perfectly seamless editor that I like to think that I am. What are you <laughs> talking why. about? You never edited anything. <laughs> I've never edited anything. Perfectly. Oh, no, I'm actually man. serious. <laughs> no, I'm actually thinking of what I was editing earlier today and it hurts like a stab wound. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, yeah. we'll see. Okay. We'll see. So what is Jane Eyre about? Jane Eyre is by Charlotte Bronte. Let me just get into it. Special guests just jump in at any point with any opinions. That's kind of just how it rolls. They don't so. even have to be I feel relevant. Like I'm gonna fail the test. No, no, no. Way. But I just felt like when she was like, "This is Jane Eyre," and it's about. And for a second, I was like, "Oh my god, what is Jane Eyre about?" <laughs> this is my That's like completely valid. I was like reading. I was so I haven't read this book in a year or two. And I was like reading the like summaries online and I was like, you know what? They're not wrong. Like this book probably wouldn't do so great now because it's like 400 pages of just like describing things. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was like, well, that's so valid. Like I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I probably was bored out of my mind if I wasn't like with my professor, like explaining the book to me. Cause then I would have been like, this book sucks, but you know, that's just me. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Books are like always better when you're reading them in a class, I think, because then your professor will be like, and did you think about this metaphor? And I'm like, there's a metaphor there? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I was like going through my book too, and I had things underlined, and I was like, why did I underline that? And then I read more into it, and I was like, okay, I guess I could see why I underlined it now. Like, it was, it's just interesting. Like, I, wouldn't have remembered I had a professor in college who would be like okay you can say you know like make whatever like uh interpretation of the book you want as long as you can support it based on the text but then every now and then some like random kid would like be like I think that this portion meant this and she'd go well you're wrong and would just like move on and, like, they would even try and like support it with a text and she'd be like yeah but no that's still wrong and I was like I just what a queen I love her so much but I still don't understand it I would be like I trust you implicitly and blindly so you're probably right but also why though (laughs) but I'm sure she was right (laughs) that's wild I don't think a professor has ever told I don't know I think I maybe would have never said another word in that class ever (laughs) it was hysterical we had one guy who sat in the back like to like lean back and all but put his feet up on the desk and he would like get into debates with her and like not only is she like an absolute pro in her field like a doctor and like people study her short stories in other colleges 
but also like as a personality why would you argue with this particular woman she will never give even if she were wrong and he would just sit there and argue with her and I'd be like half the class is gone now Ugh, thanks guy there's always one of those who yeah. just wants to argue I yep. hate that so Jane Eyre <laughs> so Jane Eyre <laughs> who is Jane Jane is the best after rereading it Janet. I'm like she's amazing I'm obsessed with her I yeah okay I love this book (laughs) okay I I love this book so much and I was like when it got here it's so thick I was like oh freaking no what did we do (laughs) and especially as we have another one coming up I don't know if you've looked at Don Quixote yeah that one's also extremely thick and I was like why do you pick all these thick-ass books (laughs) isn't Adam Driver in a movie version of that Don Quixote god I hope so that sounds maybe it amazing. Wasn't that maybe. Oh, I'm scared. I don't know. I'm scared of being fact-checked right now. That's I thought it was right. It's okay. We'll make it a red pen <laughs> even, next time if you're wrong. Even if it's not true, I want to always remember it as true because that's the most beautiful image I've <laughs> ever thought of. What a truly excellent right, story. But really, yeah. my brain, it, it, it could just be. <laughs> Someone else has looked mush. for the same thing. Well, I mean. The no. man who kills Don Quixote. Oh, yeah. Okay that has the name in it so yeah yeah so you were totally right oh right gosh. you're correct oh that's Adam funny pro. <laughs> so jane is an orphan her parents are dead but she lives with her mean aunt god she sucks yeah so and hard. her like stupid kids and um god, and her stupid kids <laughs> i hate her stupid kids um so oh, anyway so mean to her it's true. yeah for like no reason yeah, yeah. it's true and she lives with them for a while, but then they get sick of her and I'm going like condensed version of the plot here. Mm-hmm. And they send her to Lowood school, which is like this depressing school. And it certainly is. She meets a friend there, Helen, then Helen dies. Then Jane grows up. Then Jane goes and becomes a okay, governess. All of that is like 50 halfway through the book. Yeah, now. this is a lot of the book. <laughs> Um, but Jane becomes a governess and she goes to live in a place called Thornfield. And this is where the book gets truly compelling. <laughs> You're like, oh goody, now there's the romance first half, in it. The first half I was like, mm, still interesting. I never had the urge to put it on like 2.0 speed. I actually listened to it at its normal speed, which is the first time I've ever done that with an audiobook because yeah. I was like actually engaged. But I was like at like about 50% of the way through the book, I was like, surely she's not a child for this whole book. I know I don't know that much about Jane Eyre, but isn't she like a grown woman in yeah. this story? It seemed like she stayed like a child forever. For like a long I was time. like, I didn't understand. I guess it makes sense because it's the book is Jane Eyre. So I like basically the life of Jane Eyre. Yeah, but, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, it's not Mr. Rochester book. It's Jane Eyre book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God. No, she's more than I, just a man plot, a man subplot, actually main plot. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I really liked that part of the book. No, I like it too. Princess Leia, here is where I'm at. And it is that almost all of my opinions from college have changed after rereading it. I, I really want to hear this because we used to argue, not argue, we would, we would kind of get into it in class about Mr. Rochester. I feel like a lot of people don't love him which I completely understand. He's kind of a douche. I, I totally get it. But he's also like this awkward puppy that you're just like, yeah, he just doesn't know how to love. Okay, thank God. Like- That's how I felt too. I was like, I feel strongly that Kendall is going to have a bunch of mean things to say about Mr. Rochester. And the thing is, I'm kind of vibing with him. And I, I'm kind exactly. of Mr. Rochester. No, no, I was like, I was like, this guy's totally my type. Like he wouldn't pay attention to me. He doesn't know how to express his feelings. Like I, I'm totally in love with him. I was like, That's this man, man's it. Yeah. And Kendall was like, he sucks. And I was like, okay. 
That was so like literally watching. how every class went. <laughs> it's almost like every one of our podcasts goes, except it's usually the opposite. I yeah. feel like you're like, I love this character, and I'm like, they're well, annoying. My problem with him originally was I was like, there's such a weird power dynamic here mm-hmm. because he's older than her, he's her boss. I was very and aware it was of like, that the whole time. So I was like fighting liking him because of those things. And at the end, I was like, no, I still like him. Yeah. <laughs> like, barely I, no problem but yeah, I think I liked the end because the power dynamic. <gasps> I noticed that too. It, it was totally flopped. It's I like now she has eyes and two hands. So, <laughs> yeah. so suck on that, Mr. Rush. <laughs> yeah. So she's in charge oh now. God. Yeah. <laughs> After rereading a lot of it, I was like, Wait a second, though. I feel like at their core, Jane is not a person who is easily intimidated or somebody who's just going to like roll over and accept things. Jane is very much, she's a kicker, you know? I don't think she's very easily loved either because we we see it. I, I mean, obviously we see very little of her, but if you think about it, like none of the characters truly love her. Like her aunt was kind of rude. We don't know why, of course, but like, none of the characters really embrace or love her so much. So we don't really get to see that dynamic. So it's yeah, interesting. You're but right. Yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say that I think that they kind of touched, I was reading, when I was rereading it, I, the points where Jane was talking about like, we're the same, we're equals, was like kept popping up to me. Because I was like, clearly Jane doesn't feel like there's a power dynamic. Difference. No. And yeah. also like, I do kind of feel like their personalities really go together so well. And like, they are such unique personalities yeah. that are hard to mesh yeah. together. Yeah. Because they're both, I feel like they're both actually huge weirdos, but they kind <laughs> of know how to blend in like with mm-hmm. society, you know? Yeah, but like more than him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he has friends. I mean, he like brings yeah. everybody over. But they then, all kind of suck though. <laughs> well, mean. yeah. But like then when... <laughs> But you can see that they're kind of not themselves whenever they're with other people. But when they're with each other, I feel like that's where you're really like, oh, y'all are weird. And I love that for you, you know? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I super love their their dynamic. They're so cute. Okay, so she gets to uh, Thornfield. Oh, yeah, I totally jumped ahead. But she gets Mm -hmm. to Thornfield. She's the governess for this little girl, Adele, who is Mr. Rochester's ward. Um ward read um actual daughter and so the, <laughs> that um, bugs me that he never once admits it and i'm like oh my god i'm like you know she is um yeah anyway but uh she ends up meeting mr rochester and he they immediately kind of have a sort of back and forth thing he's kind of like mean and grumpy and old and ugly okay and he calls her a witch so often <laughs> yeah and i, I think that. that upset me i was oh. like stop calling her a witch <laughs> it reminded me all of my grandmother <laughs> oh, all of his words for her are very like like supernatural yeah like, you're an elf you're a witch you're a- i liked that because everybody had been so staunch that jane is plain like plain mm-hmm. jane She's, um, you know, she's no great beauty. There's nothing like remarkable about her. She's very well learned and that's kind of her only positive attribute. But he saw in her this like supernatural force of nature almost, which was totally different than what everybody else saw in her. And I was like, I love the way he sees you, Jane. <laughs> this is amazing. He kind of sees her as like a little trickster or something. Yeah. He wasn't like seeing her coming, I think, which yeah. literally because she accidentally surprises him on the road, but also like. Yeah the fact that he's just kind of he doesn't like know what to do because I think she sees him better than most people do Mm -hmm. I'm gonna explain something as to why I think I fell in love with him even more you're gonna hate me a little bit for it but it's okay um I love comparing him to I love comparing them to Twilight 
<laughs> oh my terrible. god! I know he's he's like, like, but he's like such an Edward. Like he's just he's just very weird. He's just very <laughs> no. Awkward. Now I can't <laughs> like him anymore. No, that, <laughs> he's perfect. Um, like you just see them and the way he like ends up reacting to her and the the way they move together, you're just like, oh yeah, that's such a like Edward and Bella thing. <laughs> like just the way you're describing them right now. Like she was just so ordinary and he was she was just like whatever. But then he sees her and he sees like this beautiful human being and like. The way they work is such a, like, Edward and Bella type of thing. Their dynamic, I think it's so funny. Their dynamic is. Yeah, yeah you're I, so right, Betsy. Although, I don't think he's very Edward-ish, except for in his kind of moroseness, because, like, Edward's hot <laughs> as hell, and, like, super... Okay. I mean, I guess I they're that. both rich, but Mr. Rochester's, like, weird and not smooth, and, like... Yeah, but neither is Edward, really. He's kind of a loser. Like, if he wasn't what? hot... No, they were if all, you, like... No, if you read Midnight Sun, Edward is not cool at all. Edward Edward is just like you're just like dude like come on get it together like like you are very pretty like come on like show it and he's just like no I would never have a chance and stuff like that you know like I feel like he's just so like emo about it that it, it's so Mr. Rochester also it's funny so right I totally see this I see where you're coming from yeah. and I I now cannot unsee it I'm sorry I'm sorry if I ruined it no I hate them <laughs> you know what no I don't ship them <laughs> No, but it is, it is true, actually, like how like Edward and Bella are for each other a good match, even though I don't mm-hmm. like either of them. Kind of the same with Jane and Mr. Rochester. I'm not sure I would like be friends naturally with either of them. I wouldn't dislike either of them, but I don't think I would just naturally get along with either of them. But they are so perfect together. So they definitely have that very parallel, like weirdly good together yeah, thing going yeah. on. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of them kind of talking and being interesting they're weirdos but then um oh there's a mystery at thornfield uh mr rochester's bedroom gets set on fire one night and jane has to go uh save his life real quick y'all mind if i save his life real quick and so (laughs) she's like what is going on here and basically it's like implied that this woman who works there grace pool has been like causing all this trouble but I'm sure that a lot of people know the real secret. Well, should we wait for it? I guess we'll wait. Um, <laughs> you walked him right up to it. Big part of the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it. I just figure everyone knows. Okay. Mr. Rochester invites some friends over. And they all suck. And Jane gets really jealous <laughs> because this one lady, Blanche, she is like very much flirting with Mr. Rochester. And it's very much implied like, oh, they're going to, they're courting each other. And Jane is like, I hate this for me. And so she <laughs> is upset by that. But then Miss, this guy comes, Mr. Mason, and he comes to see Mr. Rochester. Mr. Rochester dresses up like a fortune teller. And oh, this was basically just hell. like Mr. Rochester in drag telling everybody their fortunes. It's so weird. <laughs> it's like the weirdest part. That was really weird. It's another one of those parts of the book that feels like, Charlotte Bronte had a fever dream about this and was like, excellent. It has to go in my next book and found a way to put it in. Oh my gosh. It is very, it's very interesting. Can you imagine being Jane and being like, who's this haggard old woman who's being like kind of mean to me? And then she's like, wait a minute. This is my boss? Who I'm also in love with. I've been like, that's Mr. Rochester. That would have been the most disorienting thing like to happen to me ever. But the way she handles it, she's like, oh, that was a weird thing for you to do. 
every time she reacts to something she has like the most like placid reaction which is I think what he likes so much about her like she's just so unflappable yeah and like on the inside she she's feeling a lot more but even like the way it's written which I kind of like is like we never see like Jane's reaction in the moment to what's happening. Like the whole scene happens without her reactions. And then afterwards she processes <laughs> all of it. Yeah, she does not process does anything in time. That happens. And then uh, Mr. Mason comes and he's this guy who Mr. Rochester knows somehow. He's acting really weird about it. And Jane is like, okay, weird. And then that night, Mr. Mason gets stabbed and bitten by somebody supposedly grace pool and jane is like what the hell is going on and mr rochester is like wait here put pressure on the wound while i leave for two hours and she's like okay and don't speak a word to mr mason or vice versa <laughs> you're like okay this is not literally weird keep him alive but do nothing more yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stressful poor jane um and so at this point it's very much like what the hell is going on here i was first time i was reading it i sort of knew what, what was gonna be the twist but I was also like okay is Thornfield haunted like what is happening I didn't completely I knew the twist so I just kept being like is this when the reveal comes no is this when the reveal comes (laughs) I only knew the twist because I saw a tweet about it from Mm -hmm. spark notes spark notes tweets are awesome though I I really appreciate their job they're the best they're the best we share their memes all the time Um, their tiktok is bomb also yeah. it's fire that's what the kids say right their tiktok is fire <laughs> would you Direct say it's lit quote. it's lit it's <laughs> lit i would say it's lit in every sense of the word absolutely <laughs> like mr rochester's bedroom but oh um, my god oh, that was a good one <laughs> okay i'll see myself anyway jane's aunt gets sick jane leaves jane comes back she's kind of like chill about the whole aunt being horrible horrible to her thing so she comes back and basically, long story short, Mr. Rochester's like, I'm not in love with Blanche Ingram. Blanche Ingram sucks. I'm in love with you, babe. And she's like, oh my God, I'm in love with you too. Because when they outside, she was like, you don't say. <laughs> she literally, yeah, she was like, show nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Give nothing away. It's like, all right, that's good. Um, Interesting. <laughs> they're going to get married. Then on their wedding day, who shows up? But is Mr. Mason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. Mason shows up. And, and his lawyer. Yes, he's like, uh, Mr. Rochester, you cannot marry Jane. You know why? Because you're already married, bitch. And he's like, what? And so Jane why like, do you say what? that? Except that she doesn't say what. She just like <laughs> stands there uncomfortably for like the next two chapters. <laughs> yeah, this is so traumatic. Yeah. Because basically, what has happened is Mr. Rochester has previously married a woman named Bertha she went crazy and now she is locked in the attic of Thornfield (laughs) and she's the one who's been causing all the ruckus and so he can't marry Jane because he's already married and thoughts on this um everybody what what are your thoughts (laughs) okay this was really really hard because I was like okay I definitely believe in the sacred union of marriage 100% but also, I feel so badly for Mr. Rochester. It was just, I spent the whole week, because I listened to this book on audiobook every single day this week. So I've been like living in this book for a week. And the whole week I've been like, Ash, what do you think about this? And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like a bad person if the answer is not clear. But I think Jane did the right thing. Yeah. And then at the end, everything worked out for it. 
So yes, I think Mr. Rochester, first of all, shouldn't have lied about having a wife. He should not have lied no. about locking his wife in the attic. Fully agree. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely like, that's a, that's a red flag. Red flag. But I'm, I'm just going to overlook it. I still love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was still, that's the thing. Is I was like, I still love you. And I see why you came to this conclusion. But what it comes down to is, First of all, he was still married. So yeah, no, you don't get to marry someone else. The whole in sickness and in health thing. It Does it suck? Absolutely. Second of all, if you're going to do like the wrong thing anyways, at least tell the other person you're going to do the wrong thing with what's going on. Yeah. Because yeah. Though, then they don't like walk into it blindly and feel totally blindsided and guilt ridden over something that they had like no power over. Yeah. Like if it, obviously Jane was going to say no, but it would have been so much worse if like they'd gotten married and then she'd found out later she would have been yeah. like torn with guilt her whole life so if they were gonna do the wrong thing they should have both been aware that they were doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. so i definitely for sure no i didn't like that yeah yeah i think the thing also is that when you hear like oh mr rochester locked his crazy wife in the attic it, it sounds sound- very very yeah. bad and it is bad i'm it not is. saying it's not bad but, but it's, it's not also just like, like a woman with quote-unquote hysterics this is like an extremely violent and dangerous person. yeah she is very dangerous and it's not like she's just locked up there with nobody like grace mm-hmm. Poole, you find out is kind of her caretaker mm-hmm. like he, and if you think about where she would have gone otherwise she would have gone to an insane asylum yeah. in like early victorian england which yeah. sucks you know so so it's like thinking too was like the time period it just like it's an undiagnosed, really crappy mental issue that this lady is having. And it's like, well, do you want them to just kill her? Or do you want them to just like wrap her up and just not think about her again? Or do you want her to be like in the safety of her own home, being taken care of, but you know, out of sight, out of mind. And Mr. Rochester says that too. He goes, I hate her. You know, I hate her so much because she's, you know, I've been basically trapped in this life because also the way that they got married is not great. Like he felt very, and this is all from his perspective. So who knows how true it is, but he, the way he tells the story is that he was kind of deceived into marrying her and wasn't informed of her family's history of mental health issues or hers. And then he married her and she had all of these like addiction issues and then, Mm -hmm. and then became extremely mentally ill. And basically the family was like, yeah, screw you. We hit it on purpose, which may or may not be totally true because we only get his side of it. But like, Mm -hmm. first of all, that is a bummer. But then he still says, even though I hate her and he says, that's why he hates her. Like he says he wouldn't kill her. He wouldn't like, he thought of going to put her in like a faraway place, you know, where she would be locked up alone, but he didn't like, he, he doesn't want her dead. He doesn't want her to like be far away. He just wishes that he hadn't been tricked into this union that he is now stuck in for life. Which I'm like, that's valid. That's yeah. valid to be um to be kind of upset if if something was intentionally concealed from you. That's very upsetting. However, who knows for sure? Because we just get his side yeah. of that story. Yeah, because because we only get his side of the story. It's suspicious. I I was suspicious of him very, mm-hmm. very much. I was like, Jane, get out. Get out now. He's going to put you in the attic, too. He put ladies in the attic. You have to leave. ladies in the attic. He's not here for it. I was like, I don't know if she's actually crazy. It could just be that she's been in the attic for so long, and now she's murderous, and I don't trust him. No, but she did straight up stab her own brother. Well, he might have had a part to play with getting her in the attic and in that sus marriage. That's what my brain thinks. But I'm also like... I just didn't want to trust Mr. Rochester. At I don't. Yeah, like, and I, I was already biased. I think like most things, there's 
probably some truth and some exaggeration to his story. I, that feels like how it's supposed, like we're supposed yeah. to read it because there's no way everything he said was totally true. It's definitely biased, but also it doesn't make any sense that Mr. Rochester would walk totally knowingly into a marriage like that, which means something somewhere wasn't conveyed that should have been, whether that was his fault for not asking or their fault for intentionally concealing it is very much beside the point right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when we, when now we're already here, but we're here. We're already <laughs> She's here. in the attic. Now. She's, She's in, in the, the attic. attic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it is, it is a mess. And so that's why I'm like, I'm happy that Jane after this, she's like, Mr. Rochester's like, okay, what if you're just like my mistress? And oh she's like, God. I've got to get out of here now. <laughs> she literally yeah. leaves the next day. She's yeah. like, bye. So I was like, good for you, Jane. Yeah. Good for you for not accepting the just the role of mistress. I was a little concerned at first. I was like, okay, he's being persuasive, kind of, mm-hmm. but I that would be so upsetting. Yeah, I mean, do like, it. The as much as I am like this this whole situation sucks I am also like he did intentionally keep this from her so he tried so hard to keep it from her which is kind of unforgivable at that point oh like (laughs) knowing Jane and knowing what she cares about he actually was like well she'll never know she's my mistress but she will definitely be the mistress yeah that's that's what I'm saying is upsetting because if it was like another person and they'd been cool with it Mm -hmm. still I think wrong in the objective sense but at least they, the other person would have gone willingly into it, knowingly into it. How much worse to bring some innocent person into your hedonism with you? <laughs> your hedonism. <laughs> Terrible. And so anyway, Jane leaves. And then... It has the worst three days ever. Yeah, this like sucks for Jane. She like, her bag falls off the carriage and she's like, I have no money, no connection. <laughs> no, I'm like, there's she's no cell phone connection. <laughs> Nobody will give her anything. No, they're it's all so like, sad. "No, you are too suspicious. We're too well dressed, and yeah. thus must not be a beggar. So no money yeah. or food." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was real concerned for our girl because <laughs> I was like, "This is extremely stressful." <laughs> My girl, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, "I have other work to do, but I can't turn off the audiobook because I just need to know that Jane's going to be okay." <laughs> Should I skip ahead to? To meeting the, yeah. the others. Yeah. Well, that's okay. basically it. Is like yeah. there's it's a, there's mm-hmm. a bad storm and she sees a light in the distance and she comes to it's somebody's house basically, yeah. and she goes up to the door and she's like, "Could you please, please just let me get out of the rain, <laughs> like please?" And at first the housekeeper's like, "Um, no," and she's like, "Please," <laughs> and then Sinjin shows up and yeah, yeah, with really perfect timing because she's like, "Oh, like faints." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Yeah. And the fact that he's like the priest or whatever that she was trying to find in the first place when she went to that church and she's like, where's the guy here? And they're like, oh, he's not here. And then like that was Sinjin. What? Oh, yeah. yeah I don't remember. I don't remember that either. And here I thought I paid the such times. close attention. Uh, I was a little distracted <laughs> yeah. with terror during the beggar portion <laughs> of the book. Where is that stupid priest? So Mary and Diana are Sinjin's sisters. They're also staying there. They're like learning German or something. They're governesses, I believe, who work in a city. This is like their family's like country home manor type thing. They're kind of underwater financially because their father had died. And now Sinjin uh, like doesn't, he's a clergyman who wants to go be a missionary in India. So none of them have the money to keep up the house. So he's just like, I think just kind of thinking like, we'll just, you know, get rid of it all. And the girls will go back to work in the city. But anyway, so they take in Jane and she's like sick for days because she's, you know, fainted on their door and been out in the rain, not eaten. They like her so much. They're like, oh, can we keep her? Can we keep her? And he's like, 
I suppose so. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, like, the first thing he said about her was, like, "Mm, she's not very handsome. (laughs) And she's, like, on her deathbed. Dude, people are straight up like, like, that person's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And the sisters are like, don't be so rude. And he's like, she's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) He and Jane and Mr. Rochester all have this, like, unforgivable bluntness and unapologetic bluntness where they're just like, that person's very ugly. And like, just move on from there. And nobody, everyone's just like, yeah, that's a reasonable thing to say. Mm. It's so weird. But Sinjin apparently is quite handsome. And Whatever. His name is still Sinjin. I know. Yeah. I know. Why, why do we say it like that if it's not spelled like that? It makes me it, upset. It's so stupid. It spelled like St. It's spelled St. John. John. Oh, that's right. It is because yeah. I remember one of my favorite quotes has that in it. And I was like, who the hell is St. John? <laughs> reading i've been listening to an audiobook so readers and listeners by the way if you actually read this like a good person (laughs) saint john in the audiobook for some reason they all call him sinjin yeah i don't understand it at all i didn't make that to me at all it's really dumb very odd yeah so basically she she gets leave to just kind of stay there with them and they're all studying languages and then sinjin's like now that i know that that's saint john i'm like what the hell (laughs) Like, he's just been, like, watching her. And I'm, like, flashing back to some uncomfortable times in college where, like, one of my friends, I would just look up and see him watching me all the time. And I'm like, oh. That's never a good feeling. That's always a bad feeling. Ah, So she's like, hmm, he watches me a lot. Oh, well. And then he's finally like, hey, you should stop learning the language that you're learning, that you're interested in, and learn this really hard language I'm learning so that I can go be a missionary in India. And she's like, "Mm, okay. He's like, hey, I got you a job at this, uh, that's right. I totally skipped that portion. It's okay. It's not that important. Yeah. Really. Well, Except I mean, she's like, wow, poor people are kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> she goes to work at a little schoolhouse. And yeah, like, it's just like, they're basically like only interested in like the most basic education. And she's like, you know, she was in school for like eight years. So she's like a highly educated governess. So she's like, there's, you know, she's, yeah, she's kind of poor basically. And she meets the girl that uh, Sinjin is very in love with. And when she's like, hey, Sinjin, you should hit that. He's like, I will not. She could never be a missionary's wife, <laughs> even though I love her most passionately. And then he literally goes, give me 15 minutes. And for 15 minutes, he's like, I will allow myself to pretend that I could have a life with her. And he straight up does, he like looks at, the, looks at the clock, puts it down. For 15 minutes, he's like, ah, to be married to her would be such, you know, bliss. And then he's like, time's up. I will never marry her. <laughs> more and more I was like I'm hating you more and more and more and he's supposed to be like the most like pious like righteous character and I'm like I can't I can't stand you my man Mm-mm. and then Sinjin asks Jane to marry him oh wait well After first the whole the whole like revelation Jane's been using a different name because she didn't want anybody she to was find going her by Jane Elliot yeah so Jane had one uncle left who she didn't really know but she just kind of knew that he existed it turns out he was really wealthy and this uncle wanted, he was dying and he wanted to like bequeath all of his money and estate to her. But because nobody knows where she went, she didn't know about it, but they're all looking for Jane Eyre. And so basically Sinjin's been hearing people be like, does anyone know who Jane Eyre is? Has anybody seen Jane Eyre? And he's like, I 
know a Jane Elliott who showed up in the middle of the night. The funniest thing ever is that when he figured it out, she had like been using a piece of paper with watercolors and stuff uh-huh. and it had been signed like Jane Eyre and he saw it and he freaked out yeah. and he tore it and like looked at it and was like freaking out and like walking around the room. And she's like, what's yeah. up? And he's like, nothing. And then he left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the weirdest thing. He's such a strange ever. guy. And then he came back and he was real condescending about being like, I know you're Jane Eyre. And he's like, anyways, so all of this money has been left to you, like 20,000 pounds or something. And she's like, this is extremely stressful. What am I going to do with 20? And I was like, girl, you could be like a little happier first before you get really stressed because you had nothing before. So this is good news still. But she's like really overwhelmed with the idea of what do I do with 20,000 pounds? But then she realizes that this also means, so her uncle, basically Sinjin and his sisters are her cousins, but because they're fathers I think had some like big feud they had been cut out of the inheritance but now that Jane has been given all this money she's like well I can do whatever I want with it so she decides that she's going to share it between all of them which is great news because you know now the sisters have some kind of money to their name and same with Sinjin although he's like I do not care for worldly things and you're like shut up Sinjin nobody asked you anything so she's like the first thing I want to do is go like fix up the old country house and he's like such hedonism <laughs> i'm like shut up she just wants to go have a good christmas he is, he is such a debbie downer oh he is absolutely <laughs> he's he's the ultimate debbie downer and i can't stand it um but yeah so then then they're all living together and this is when they're all like you know the girls are like working on their languages and he's like jane drop everything you're doing to do what i want you to do and she's like okay because she's like this whole book she's like i'm either <laughs> so weird she's like i can only totally rebel or totally agree with somebody. Like I can only totally do what someone tells me to do or not do anything that they're telling me to do at all. And for some reason, she's like, I will do whatever Sinjin tells me to do because she's like the ultimate people pleaser. She's like, I just want somebody to approve of me, which could come from the fact that nobody's really embraced her ever. Yeah, so she's like, I just want somebody to value me. And so she tries to be as valuable to them as she can. And because she's like a very competent person, she is able to do that. But then Sinjin's like, excellent (laughs) I know just what to do with you you would make a great missionary's wife and I'm going to tell you that in fact it is it is God's calling on your life and she's like is it though I didn't hear that God didn't say anything to me about it which is not dissimilar to when um I don't know this ever happened to you guys but you know like for like church kids in like middle school and high school when a guy was like God told me that we're supposed to date That was exactly the vibe. Yeah. He was like, I'm not telling you to marry me and move to India. God, God is. <laughs> yeah. She's like, is You guys it? went through that in like, in middle school? Middle school and high school. I mean, I don't think, I don't know that anyone ever said that to me directly, but to me- many of my friends got that from guys and from guys who I knew believed that. It's like the most annoying thing that religious boys sometimes do, especially in that like middle school, high school thing. And that's definitely what Sinjin does here in like the worst way possible where he's like, yeah, I don't love you. And I know you don't love me, but you're not made for love. You're made for work. What did he call her? <laughs> his, his workmate. Yeah. His helpmate, which his is, yeah. His helpmate. What's like funny Rochester's is like, witch, mm-hmm. witch, witch. And like, <laughs> helpmate. Sinjin is like, helpmate. Like, okay. Nobody's I ever like, that. I went to this like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to this like super conservative slash might have been a culty type church once, like when I was much younger, it was my father picked it. And uh, they always referred to their wives as helpmates. And I was like, is this like a biblical? Okay, I looked, I'm like, I read the Bible, the whole Bible. And I was like, I 
all seen Helpmate? And if so, it's got to be in there like once or twice because I don't remember it at all. So we were hearing it multiple times every day at church. And I was like, I don't think that means what you think it means. And I would say the exact exact same thing to Simon. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, like, she's like, okay, well, I want to like give some credence to that. I want, she always wants to do what's right. So she's like, if God wants me to do it, then, you know, like I do want to do what's right by God. You know, I don't want to like sin. So she like, but she doesn't, she really doesn't feel called to it. She says, I'll go with you as your sister. And he's like, you're stupid. Absolutely not. (laughs) You must marry me. For someone who thinks that Jane is like very homely and ugly and plain, he's, he's really like, you are way too hot to come to India with me. It's just my sister. Yeah, he's like, like, you're 19. Like, I'm like 26 you. or whatever. Like mm-hmm. clearly we're supposed to be together. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, she's like, but you had just like said that like, if you were, if my, I was like your actual sister, you would take me and it would be the same situation. And he's like, no, it, it, it cannot be, it cannot do that. We would not be married if we go together. So he's such a prick. They have like this moment where he's like straight up, like he's like praying over her, like the next night, like trying to like, totally just trying to like manipulate her into thinking that God is telling her to go do this thing. But instead, and I love this because this felt like God, like entering the scene for just a moment. (laughs) God has entered the chat. (laughs) God has entered the chat and he just blew up Sinjin's plans because all of a sudden she like hears Mr. Rochester's voice saying, Jane, Jane, where are you? And she's like, what? Because she was saying, God, tell me, tell me what you want me to do. And as she's praying that, then she hears Mr. Rochester's voice. And she's so clearly that she's like, is he like outside or like, where are you? So she says, where are you? I'm here or something. And anyways, she, that's that. And she leaves to go find Mr. Rochester because obviously he wasn't actually there. And that comes back later in a very cool way. Logan, I believe you had thoughts on the, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it was bizarre <laughs> to me that all of a sudden it was like, and now they have a psychic link and they can like <laughs> communicate telepathically. Yeah. Also the fact that she's experiencing this like psychic link while she, in this scene, like she was in the presence of Sinjin and yeah. he was like, will you marry me? And she was like, what? Hello. <laughs> and then she ran outside and he followed her and he's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And she's yeah. like, who's there? <laughs> I love it. So funny. I was living for this level of chaos. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, just like, I'm gonna leave. Mm-hmm. So Jane is like, okay, I gotta go back. Mm-hmm. And so she goes back to Thornfield and it is burned to the ground. Yes, it is a gone. Um, and that was horrifying. I yeah. did not know that. So basically, what happened is, and everyone correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't reread this part, but the house caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Bertha put the house on fire. Yes. And um, the pool lady, what was her name? Grace Pool. Grace, Grace Pool. She got, got like drunk. Drunk yeah. and then fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So, oops. Yeah, which is like every time something bad has happened, (laughs) like that birth has been like um, accidentally allowed to like like unleash to go do something crazy. It's when Grace Pool's like, "Mm, that gin looks really good tonight. (laughs) And then someone's bed's getting set on fire. Someone's getting stabbed below. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the whole place burned down and Jane is like kind of like frantic, like just trying to like figure out like, okay, well, she's asking like the innkeeper nearby, basically like, where is everybody? What happened? Is Mr. Rochester okay? And he like beats around the bush forever. So I'm over here stressing out like, is Mr. Rochester okay? (laughs) Someone has to tell me. Um, He's okay. 
we learned that basically so he got everybody out of the house and he tried to save his wife didn't she like she jump. jumped off yeah the she roof. jumped off the roof so um that's horrible she is very much well the whole dead. town was watching yeah so it's bad so even up at the end though so say what you will he definitely made some big mistakes but he was still trying to save her as much as he loathed her at the end so um and that's how he he was so injured that basically uh he went blind and uh he lost one of his hands so now he's like just sad and miserable and blind and one-handed and living at this like country manor somewhere else like one of his other prop this also blows my mind all these people are like oh yes my other property and i'm like oh, i live in an apartment <laughs> um so she's like i'll pay you double to get me there like now and so they take her over there and he's she like happens to get there right as mr rochester's coming out of the house but he can't see her because he's blind now basically she's watching and i'm like say something jane and she's like no not yet ash and i'm like god so basically he goes back inside she sees like the housekeepers or whatever and she's like hey it's me and they're like oh great and we're gonna we were just gonna go bring him a glass of water and she's like let me do that and i'm like yes jane you do that time to impersonate a housekeeper yeah absolutely this is how i would like to reunite with my true love so she like so she brings in the glass of water or whatever and basically like the dog his dog is pilot is so excited to see her and i loved that too basically he hears her voice and he's like is that you like was the housekeeper's name i think is mary too mm -hmm. isn't it so he's like mary is that you and she's like basically like says something about i've spilled half of your water and you're like okay but like you could just answer him but basically basically she's like yeah it's me jane and he's like jane my janet it couldn't be <laughs> he calls her janet is her name janet because he calls her that he a calls lot her janet a lot and so all much. i can think of is like the good place ah, <laughs> so, i knew i was thinking of that too yeah, yeah. you know what's um, another thing mr rochester says a lot what? what the deuce he says what the deuce all the time i love that so much i think i should start saying that. It's like what the oh. deuce are you doing here janet i love it <laughs> It's so funny. Um, so basically, he's like, I don't believe that it's you. It must be a dream because I've dreamed so often that you've come back to me and that you say that you won't leave. And OK, I kind of love this, though, because like even at this point, we still didn't know, like we had our all of our individual suspicions about what kind of man Mr. Rochester is. But we know in his past, like he's had mistresses. He's basically gone partying and stuff, you know, to like fill his empty soul. So Jane went away and she was like, I don't know if he's going to do that again. Like he might just revert to his old ways because, you know, I've broken his heart again and he's all mad. But no, it turns out like it's, a leopard can change its spots, at least in this sense, because he did. And he was just waiting for her, like longing for her to come back. But he also knew that he'd been totally wrong to her, which he admitted, which was really nice. He was like, I did the wrongest thing ever to you. And you're like, yes, you did, Mr. Rochester, but you acknowledged it. So it's okay now. Yeah, um, everything is okay. Okay, well, when I was reading, and me and Logan were kind of talking about this earlier, but like when I first read it, I was like, I hated Mr. Rochester for so much of the book. But then when Jane came back at <laughs> this part, I was suddenly like, I'll allow it. Because I think it's because he had, like you said, like he had completely, like he's so sad now. <laughs> I'm like, mm, he's liked, done his time. Yeah, I liked your character trait that he did not run off to like Paris or Greece mm -hmm. or something with another mistress. He stayed yeah. and was sad and depressed. And yeah. I was like, as you should be. Exactly. Liar. It was like the confirmation <laughs> that we needed to know that 
the bits of his personality that he'd shown to Jane that she loved about him weren't just trying to win Jane. Like, and then he really at the was end, that the, the character switch of like him becoming like the kind of like reserved, docile and, one, yeah. and Jane literally like bullying him. Yeah, it's like, true. She's like, "Well, I know how to flirt," and she's like, "Just bullies him." <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so it's weird because there is like a total like power dynamic shift, which is why I didn't have a problem with the power dynamic. That was it was weird at the beginning of the book, and I would never be like yes 40 year olds and 18 year olds make great couples <laughs> ever but in this book I didn't have an issue with it a partly because of the times and b just partly because of who these characters are like we said they are very unique there is not a lot of personalities that they would get along with and then at the end we see the reversal of the dynamic and they still both work totally well and love each other so you're like okay we're good we're safe <laughs> there's not like some really creepy dynamic going on it's yeah, just a really weird sure. one he is very good at like long speeches about how much he loves her like he is, yeah. No. yeah no he does like tell her how much he loves yeah. her a lot when mm-hmm. you see like Sinjin be like mm, no but uh maybe become a missionary with me and then she's like when with Sinjin and she was like I'll literally die like she's like I am physically very weak I will not survive and he's like then that's what it's meant to be <laughs> like Rochester's like you're a fairy you're a goddess I love you so much yeah, it's true words of affirmation mm-hmm. and I think I think Jane is a words of affirmation person because she's never gotten them she just wants to know that she's valued right. by someone and he is so mm-hmm. good at valuing even from the start when she first enters he's just so fascinated by her he's like Jane come sit here and talk to me just because he like likes to listen to her talk which no one's ever wanted to hear her do that before either so it's just nice just the whole thing is nice also this time I found myself laughing so much at the stuff that Mr. Rochester would say yeah I was like wait Mr. Rochester is so funny before I was like I hate this guy he's so rude and this time I'm just like dying laughing he's like he's super funny he's like Jane, come sit here. And then he's like, I mean, if you want to. Sorry. <laughs> that might be my husband. <laughs> Definitely hobby. I mean, sorry. If you, if you feel like it. Uh, yeah. or, oh my God. The part that cracked me up was whenever she's going to go to um, her aunt. Oh, he's like, oh, one. you need some money. And she's like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, okay, here's 50 pounds. And she's like, I can't take this. You only owe me 15. And he's like, just take it. And she's like, no. And then he's like, okay, then here's. I only have 10 and she's like well now you owe me five (laughs) and he's like okay come back for it then (laughs) he was like haha now you have to come back yeah for real he's like if I give you all this maybe you'll never come back here have 10 and she's like that's not enough (laughs) give me my 15 man it was so funny it was super funny anyway so then um yeah, they get married. They get married. This is the uh, yes, reader. I married him. That line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, reader. I married him. I mean, it has to be my favorite line. Like, I'm sure it it's is. the best line of now any I book. Now I get it. In Nine Perfect Strangers, <laughs> it's in one of the ending chapters. And now I get why you like that line so much in Nine Perfect Strangers. You're like, it's like Jane Eyre. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Dumb. And like moved on. But yeah. now I get it. It was super cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love the way Jane talks to the audience. Like, the way she's always like, oh, reader, mm-hmm. let me tell you. <laughs> I think that's why I was she so engaged. The fourth ball alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love first person so much. I guess this is technically like second person because she says like you and stuff, and mm-hmm. which I love so much. And I feel like it's not done enough because we were, it was like drilled into our heads not to write that way. But mm-hmm. I love reading stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was I there was never a moment where I like didn't want to keep reading this book, which is wild for me for a classic because I usually get like a little ways in and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for the next book. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a classic. 
Um, but basically, Mr. Rochester uh, gets his sight back a little bit after a little while, and they have a child together, and yeah, his hand never grows back, but still, pretty good. <laughs> He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He had to be knocked down a few pegs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, he says, too, he said, because he, he thought, like, originally, like, like the house fire and losing his hand, losing everybody and his hand and his side, he was like, this was a just punishment for what I did for trying to marry someone else when I was still married for lying to Jane. He's like, this is a just punishment from God. <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, I guess this shows that God is also merciful. I really liked the way that he talked about God at the end, especially at the beginning. He was like, Psh, God has no control over me. And you're like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> and then he also said, you'll never believe it, Jane. Like, this is like when they're out like walking together or something like the day after she's come back to him. And he's like, I could have sworn that like last was like Monday or something or Friday or whatever day it was. I could have sworn that like, I, I had this moment where I wanted you back so badly that I like called out your name. And it was the exact same time that Jane heard a voice. Yeah. And he said, I could have sworn I heard you calling back, but you'll say that I'm crazy. And he was, so he was praying at the time when he said Jane, Jane, and she was praying at the time when she said, um, like miss like where are you i'm coming i'm coming back and like they hurt each other and i was like whoa really <laughs> like i would have liked to see a little bit more of that earlier on if we were gonna go like supernatural yeah, we didn't get I any super psychic link i love <laughs> that it only happened once and then they were like and jane's like and i will never tell him <laughs> it was so weird yeah i was like this is great i want more of this they needed the shove you know yeah <laughs> God was like, you guys. Deus ex machina. Yeah, exactly. I was 100%. Yeah. Princess Lady, remember uh, Kieran, our professor, um, he was saying something about how when this book came out, people were like, oh, it's an abomination. It's so like against God or whatever. Yeah. And it's so wild, like how religious a book can be. And then people were still like, this is, <laughs> this is too much for us. <laughs> a lot of my like little notes on the side of my book because I still have the book that we used for his oh class yeah it's like this is the book it's freaking huge it's insane That's um cool. but yeah I kept like all of the notes and I was like looking and I was like Christianity question mark like on some of them and I was like why did I write that and I keep reading and I'm just like oh yeah yeah I remember him saying stuff like that and I was like that's crazy because I feel like we don't really mention religion a lot in books anymore so to see something that's like religion every other five pages you're just like holy crap like yeah we really don't mention it anymore so for somebody to be upset about something like this I I don't know I guess you could see it like as like kind of parody because it's like really they were praying and then they hurt each other like you know <laughs> but I don't know it's interesting to like see that part of it the yeah the, yeah religion. I feel like what people were probably mad about was that Charlotte wrote a character like Mr. Rochester who we could all still like despite ourselves kind of be on his side despite the fact that he was trying to marry someone while still married so I feel like that's probably what people largely had a problem with from the like the religious side we're like you shouldn't have written a likable character who would sin in such a way and, and, that the, fact that, like, and the fact that like Sinjin was so unlikable mm-hmm. but he was like so righteous yeah. also like also yeah. goes on that because people yeah, are like exactly. well why do we hate this character so much? well not hate hate's a strong word but why do we dislike this character so much if he's yeah. the one trying to do missionary work and all that good stuff exactly yeah, it could have been seen as like a criticism of religion which is weird because i feel like what like a refreshing view of like a divine providence and divine intervention not that like i don't know that divine intervention is super common but like what a refreshing way to see it put in a book in literature like it was i like i totally liked it but yeah, I mean, it's I could see people of the time being like, "This is a this is a 
I think atrocity. Jane might also have been too out there for some people, Probably. especially at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jane is Jane literally in like the second chapter is like <laughs> when, I love when she tells off Miss Reed, Miss, Mrs. Reed, and she's like, um, everyone sees how bad you've been treating me, everyone in heaven, and uh you're gonna burn for this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine a tiny like eight-year-old Victorian child telling off an adult like that yeah. you know it's and, kind and of the, a big deal yeah and the headmaster of the school is like you know you know what, what happens to bad little girls right and she's like yes we go to hell and he's like well do you know how you can avoid that and she's like yes I will eat healthy and stay strong she's and like, not, die. Really not die not <laughs> die that's the best line <laughs> so amazing <funny>. so good <laughs> she's a queen for that she I is. love Jane so that's that's Jane Eyre Yay, it was such Jane a good Eyre. book <laughs> yeah made me happy well how much time left with us do you have um i i think i should get going soon okay. all right we'll release you then unless okay. at least give us your pinkies up first how many yeah. pinkies up how would you rate this up? book at one out of five or zero to five how many i don't have pinkies i only have two <laughs> um, these are metaphorical pinkies <laughs> i was like i only have two um i personally love this book i had a lot of fun talking about it with y'all i feel like with English major, I don't know what you majored in, Ash. Um, but with English, yeah, I was like, but with English majors, it's really fun. It's really fun to talk about this book, like books like these, because I was professional writing, and it was just very different from like because we have the creative writing track as well, and like journalism tracks as well. So it's interesting to see like how we react with these types of books in terms of our stuff. So. I, I don't know. I fall head head over heels for these characters because I don't really get to read them as often. I'm usually reading like contracts and I'm usually like doing yeah. stuff like that. So it's like nonprofit proposals that I'm usually like looking over. So coming back to a book like this, it made me really happy to be able to do something like this. So I want to thank you guys for having me. It was like super, super cool. And it was really awesome. Like listening to other people like my age react to something like this but differently because we all know how Kendall felt about Mr. Rogers. I changed my ways. I changed my ways. Glad you saw the light. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm glad other people liked him because I know at first I was just like, yeah, he's kind of toxic. But like also I love him. So I was afraid I I was gonna walk in here and then be like the only one who was like kind of team Rochester. It took me a while but I did come around. Like it took me like the whole first like three quarters of the book pretty much it's and then the last section. quarter I was like all right yeah it's valid he's he's I feel like he's just awkward and I was just like oh I kind of love him for that so it's just I don't yeah. know it's interesting but no I had a lot of fun I really enjoyed this a lot thanks you guys oh, for having me I'm so yeah. glad you could come on thanks so much so so good to see you. I know likewise we'll, we'll catch up later for sure we'll do something like this again because this was really cool let me know um what other books y'all are reading because this was really fun yeah, of this course. was super fun. Yay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well thanks okay. so much, bud. Thank you. All right. I'm logging off now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> characters, ladies. Who was your favorite character, least favorite character? Favorite character is Jane. Mm-hmm. Least favorite character is Sinjin. <laughs> yeah, least favorite character is 100% I, I do Sinjin. think that, yeah, my least favorite character well, okay, just to be, you know, a contrarian, my least favorite character was Mr. Rochester until he started being chill. And then when <laughs> Sinjin was introduced, it immediately shifted to Sinjin. Yeah, that's But I think my favorite character is Jane, but also I really just liked Adele a lot. So, oh, Adele was precious. Her. She was adorable. I really so like 
Bessie wasn't Bessie her name her mm-hmm. like like a governess kind of when she was growing up I loved Bessie she might have been I mean I think Jane's my favorite good main character but runner up is Bessie yeah Jane was also just solid yeah she was solid the whole time um favorite least favorite part of the book I remember reading something and being like yeah I hate this this is my least favorite part but now I don't remember what it is um I'm gonna say maybe her three worst days ever (laughs) those were that was really oh yeah that's probably my least favorite part too yeah just because I hate it when characters are in like extreme duress like that I'm like oh god Jane (laughs) yeah I think favorite part I liked uh, their reunion I mean how can you not yes that was really good yeah I also like it when he first proposes to her low-key I hated it the first time because I was mad at him and I was like uh-huh. why did you not just tell her you liked her you idiot because I yeah, felt like he was real. playing with her yeah that was the thing that really bothered me the first time I read it is that I was like why are you always messing with her he was yeah. like he is, though. Yeah. yeah and his first proposal kind of felt like that too I was like wait is this a game to you or not I know like, but then he was very earnest about it yeah. after and I was like <laughs> my second reading now that I think he's funny I'm like okay <laughs> I thought this book was super funny especially for a classic I laughed a lot which is probably also why I it really was liked surprisingly it. funny yeah um it's funnier now that I'm talking about it with y'all <laughs> <laughs> it always is I often my like ratings go up while we're talking yeah. about I think I like it more now yeah I think my favorite part this was like really weird maybe I am you know, just like touch starved from the pandemic that we're living in. But every time that Rochester would like just kind of grab her. Oh, like, I know. I like yes. that. She was like, I got to get up. And he's like, nope. <laughs> I we always are snuggling. So it is summertime. I always thought I would really like that. But now whenever my husband does that to me, it's when I'm like really pissed off. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I am curious. Yes. I think this coming from me, a person who is not married. <laughs> like, I want to like it so bad. And there's been like a couple of times where it's been like, oh, this is really soothing because I'm just like mm-hmm. out of my mind. Yeah. But like, I thought like, I thought that would be my thing, you know? Well, I also like, do like use a weighted blanket to sleep yeah. at night. So I do need. See, I love <laughs> the idea of it, but I think I might feel trapped. But I also sometimes just get like so overwhelmed that I was always like, being hugged really tightly seems like maybe it would be the solution mm-hmm. and it is like 20% of the time for me and then the other 80% I'm like don't touch me the human brain is a funny thing so I don't weird know, yeah. <laughs> yeah my least favorite part was definitely when Jane was like please give me some bread and everyone's like no <laughs> yeah. that was so stressful I gotta be honest I also I, I don't know I just have such a like renewed appreciation for this book like I really liked it the first time but now I'm like I love this book I think that it is so like it's there's so much happening it's very dramatic it's like oh we have fires we have people being stabbed we have telepath telep we have telepathy we have um I don't know there's like crazy stuff going on all the time and it's like so fun and I'm like Charlotte you were a queen for this one you know yeah like I just love anytime there's like danger and Jane is like oh let me go help it was so fun yeah she was definitely even for even for the other like heroines of the time that I quite like from this literature she's like the most badass I think like she doesn't shy away from anything um what about our favorite quotes reader I married him so good (laughs) I just it's so iconic it's I remember when I first read the book, I was like, oh my God. And I started crying. And I was like, why am I crying? (laughs) 
I'm so, so happy for her. I picked like a really kind of like snarky part as my favorite, which like, cause I was laughing out loud by myself as I, when I was listening to it. It's at the end where basically like they've reunited and they're out like walking in the garden. She's like sitting on his lap and it's all cute as hell. And he's like, so tell me about your time when you were away for this like year, what did you do? And she's like, well, I had to go live with these people. And he was like, were they girl people? And, he's, and she's like, two of them were. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's basically like, uh, tell me about this guy. Uh, you know, is he able, educated? And she's like, yes, he's you know quite accomplished. Um, <laughs> and so basically he's just suddenly like grilling her about this guy. It's Sinjin. She, he's just like grilling her about him. And it's so funny. It goes, um, this is a conversation between them. It starts out with him. Says, um, his manners, I think you said, are not to your taste, priggish and parsonic. parsonic? <laughs> uh, I never mentioned his manners, but unless I had a very bad taste, they must suit it. They are polished, calm, and gentlemanlike. His appearance, I forget what description you gave of his appearance, a sort of raw curate, half strangled with his white neckcloth, and stilted up on his thick-soled high lows, eh? And she says, uh, Sinjin dresses well. He's a handsome man, tall, fair, with blue eyes and a Grecian profile. Aside, damn him. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty was funny. Really funny. That might be my favorite too. That, that part really did good. make me laugh when he was like, You said he was really ugly, right? And she's, she's like, like, No, I didn't say that. <laughs> she's like, He is, in fact, very conventionally attractive. And he's like, Don't. <laughs> Whereas, like, so when funny. they first talked, he was straight up like, You were ugly. <laughs> yes, to her unconscious body. Because all of a sudden, well, he was like, do you think I'm handsome? And she was like, no, <laughs> you're ugly. And he was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's exactly. That was so funny. He kind of loved that she called him ugly. I think. Yeah, he I was think really he into too. it. She's always very honest. Okay, what? Huh, this is going to be a good one. What lesson did we learn from this book? <laughs> don't put ladies in the attic. That was going to be my first one. I think we could all across the board say, don't put your spouse in the attic, even if they are crazy. Uh, if you are going to, nope, we're not going to go that way with it. That's a bad one. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, um, um, what's another one? Hmm. Don't marry your cousin and go to India to be a missionary. And Jane yeah. really taught us yeah. that one. She landed that one. I've got a good one. Here's a really good one. Don't, if you like someone, even if you believe that God intends for you to marry that person, don't tell them that. Don't be like God says we're supposed to be together. <laughs> Because first of all, that's the biggest turnoff in the world. And second of all, if God wants it, he'll let her know. Okay. You don't need to. Don't worry about it. Yeah, She'll pick up on that's it. That's a good one too. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, maybe claim your daughters when you know in your one. heart that they are your daughter. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I'm still holding against him. That's fair. Buddy, I can hold that against him too. He's your she, you know she's your daughter. There's no yeah, way. There's no way. Um, when you get your feelings hurt by life, don't go on like a hedonistic spree and gather mistresses across the world. It seems like a bad idea. And every then turn really world. bitter against them. And then turn and really then bitter like, against They're them. horrible. Okay, I hate them. this is the thing. And I've seen like a lot of dudes do this. They'll like go like, there's no other way I can say it. These men go like whoring about. And then they're like, <laughs> God, that woman was such a whore. And you're like, what? The pot Her? calling the kettle black, my dude. Exactly. It's not. It cracks me up. Like, it's just, I so much, especially like, um, God, misogyny TikTok, man. It's just like so subtle sometimes. They'll be like guys talking about like, uh, 
like this girl that I dated once or this that he that they like slept with once and like Brenner is like this like a whore and I'm like were you not also sleeping with her I'm very confused yeah. like why does it only apply to her so how about like just nobody go a whoring probably not a great idea <laughs> it's not a good way to soothe your your bad feelings it'll probably just give you more bad feelings if Mr. Yeah. Rush stirs any indication you know, no slut shaming here. But there we go. The- if, if you're gonna go, a wh- here's here's what I really mean. If you're gonna go a whoring, don't then be like, God, all those whores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Go do what you want. It takes and- two to tango, bucko. Yeah. Don't don't like <laughs> go do something and then because you regret it, be a dick to the people that you did it with. Like just accept that and move on. If you regret it, fine, you regret it. But like, don't be a dick about it. God. That's I shit. like that lesson. Thank you. I'm so full of wisdom. (laughs) One more for the road. Um, No, I can't think of one. Oh, well, that's okay. Um, How about you, Logan? Any more lessons? No, we covered the big ones. Don't don't lock your wife in the attic. Don't Mm -hmm. marry your cousin. Um, Don't (laughs) religiously shame someone or stress Mm -hmm. someone into marrying you. And then also don't slut shame if you two are, you know, being being a a slut. Yeah, there's a lot of don'ts here. Yeah. 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 Did anyone do anything good? Do develop a psychic link with your spouse. Yes, that's a good one. (laughs) Do stick to your guns. Jane stuck to her guns. And even though her life was real shitty for most of the book, Things ended up really well entirely because she stuck to her guns. So yeah. She is such a queen. She's she like, really is. I'm not taking anything from anyone. Yeah, for real. But she's also not mean. She's very kind. Okay. How and many claim your children? Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the other one. Claim your children. Please claim your children. This Come on. At Zeus, God of Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it, you, Zeus. Oh God. Okay, so how many pinkies would we give uh this book? I gotta give it five. For I me. gotta give it five too. I love Jane Eyre. Have I ever given a classic five except for Pride and Prejudice? No. I give this a five. <laughs> <laughs> no, like you've been like harboring this like annoyance with me over. It. <laughs> oh god. I think. I mean, I liked it a lot. You I don't feel pressured to it. give it five pinkies. We're not I gonna. Don't mind giving it five. Look pinkies. God really wants like, you. God wants to give, give it five pinkies. pinkies. He told me. <laughs> Told Ash that I have to give this five too. pinkies. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm gonna give it five pinkies. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Such, such for this, you, Charlotte. Such power. <laughs> the voice of God is tiring work. God, yeah. It's such so much responsibility. Um. Okay. Well. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Yeah, thank Thanks you for, for having me. This was so fun. This was you super made Jane Eyre so much more fun than it was already, and it was already fun, and this <laughs> was just like over the moon fun. God Yay. told me to. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that for us. <laughs> Good Lord. It was so fun having you. It was super, super your fun. Your lovely opinions oh, and your lovely I mean, face. I do love yeah. talking about you know my opinions so. <laughs> don't we all that's entirely why we bought two microphones and started a podcast as you should i think this has been one of our best episodes ever honestly this is like one of the funnest episodes we've ever done i love it when there's lots of ladies talking about books yeah you know there is something about like just a group of all women discussing books especially books about female protagonists yeah. it's just yeah it's just great this was a book written by a woman exactly yes we love god that. we Way love go, women queens. Yay, we love women. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressively not All saying men. We love women. <laughs> <laughs>
right. men are okay. It's okay. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> calm down. Anyways, um, we'll see you guys next week for oh another special episode, Six of Crows. What? We are joined on that episode by special guests into the fold, another podcast that uh, revolves entirely around discussing the Grishaverse. So that'll be a really good time. Um, fair warning, our audio is a bit fuzzy in that one because we recorded it with um, brand new equipment that we had to use for remote recording reasons. Um, so the next time we use that, it will be better, but it's a bit hissy right now and I'm sorry. I've done my very best, <laughs> I promise you. It was just, just wasn't that good enough. True fans will still listen. You know? Yeah, if you're a true, true fan. A fan. Um, I for sure will be tuning in. So. Yay! Yay! That's Good. one. Yeah, you got one, one subscriber. <laughs> we made it. We made it to the big times. <laughs> mom, are you hearing this? No, they. Our moms so stop listening. Oh yeah, our moms not listening. For sure. It's okay. Um. Well, until next week, everybody. As always, keep your teacups full, your pinkies high, and your book club. Pretension. Yes. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs>